0: everyone i'm betsy
1: and i'm greg
0: and we want to invite you to check out our podcast going on 30
1: each month betsy and i take a look back at a movie that was released 30 years ago that was either nominated or should have been nominated for best picture
0: we talk about the legacy of the film choose the best scenes and performances and explore our own hot takes about the movie
1: And we discussed the greatness of Tom Cruise, an actor who has graced our screens for multiple decades taking on some of the most artistically challenging pursuits while displaying what can only be described as an everyman relatability. An actor, nay, a thespian who pushes the boundaries of what the medium is capable of while revealing the humanity that's underlying... right, I'm
0: done. I cannot cannot tolerate this anymore. So listen to Going on 30 every month right here on The Popping Collar Speed, wherever you get your podcasts. I love you, Tom. Oh, jeez.
1: Previously on Popping Collars. Welcome back to Take Two. I'm your host, Greg Knight, and we're digging back in the Popping Collars archives to provide some updates on past conversations. I'm going to set you up. It was our 92nd episode of the podcast, the date was September 27th, 2018. And the subject was YouTube. Ricardo, Betsy, and I welcomed an old Bay Area friend of ours, Greg Brown, to come onto the show to talk about YouTube. At the time, something that seemed less like television and more like a place to engage viral videos and other curiosities. Now it's a huge source of primary television entertainment for millions of people. And is responsible for creating its own notorious celebrities, including Jake and Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, Dude Perfect, and more. Here we go. We're going to listen back to this old pod and, through the power of editing, be able to insert updates and contextual sound clips. So jump in the Wayback Machine with me as we get a second take on episode 92 of the pod, entitled UBU. Previously on popping collars,
0: that element too. Like we've even had both our adults in our community this year, and kind of our pre-game faculty staff getting together and talking, and then the our like leadership kids pre-game get together talking about the year. Both of them really named that we could be better as a community at saying when we're wrong, and then dealing with the mistake mm-hmm. that we don't do that very well as adults owning like when we screw up right or you know hey sorry about you know or i should have sorry that that homework didn't end up on on campus or whatever and then and then to the kids being able to say look i just i didn't do the homework i didn't do it you know being like tim rickens like i you know it's wednesday i don't go to school on wednesday (laughs) 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 you know
1: Welcome to Popping Collars, the podcast that lives at the intersection of religion and pop culture. My name is Greg Knight. I am the director of Children and Youth Ministries at the Church of Bethesda by the Sea in Palm Beach, Florida. With me are my co-hosts, Betsy Gonzalez. Betsy, where are you and what are you doing these days?
0: Greg, I am here as head chaplain at the Episcopal High School in Alexandria, Virginia, where the ninth graders are away, Greg. Greg. Like, all of them, they've gone on an outward-bound thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they're all away in the woods. You sent the
1: ninth guys, graders into the woods We have sent alone. the
0: ninth graders, and they have <laughs> adult leaders with them. But, okay. like, they are off becoming a stronger class together. Right. and And I think the kids will all, like, sort of complain about this experience, like the older kids. But I think deep down, they secretly have... A fond space in their heart for this time in the woods. So, and
1: then they they look back on it and they call it their Lord of the Flies
0: time, right? That's, exactly. That's exactly. So, not Lord of the Rings. So, <laughs> not, was no. Sponsored by the English Department. So, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome
1: with us once again. It's Ricardo Avila.
3: Ricardo, where are you, and what are you up to? Hey, Greg. I am the rector at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Los Gatos, California the home of Netflix, which I had heard and didn't quite believe. And then I actually ran into Netflix, the building it's like, and it was weird because I saw it and I got all excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I drove into the parking lot. It was like a Sunday afternoon and nobody was there. And I just was like, I'm at Netflix, I'm at Netflix. Oh my God. And then I drove away. (laughs) our stewardship season has begun. We've got a thermometer in the back of the
4: church. (laughs) <laughs> gotta have, a thermometer. Gotta have oh, a thermometer. That's such a great idea. I,
1: I gotta tell you, I, I think I know who can fill up that thermometer. Netflix. You should Netflix. knock on that door. i <laughs> <Uncle> Netflix. <laughs> and we have a special guest this time, a newbie to these parts. It's Greg Brown.
4: Greg, tell long, us where you are and what you do. Long time listener, first time caller.
3: Yes. Know what
4: that means? Um, So yeah, I'm uh, the vicar at the Church of the Epiphany in Oak Park, which is one of the many suburbs of Los Angeles. One of the interesting things about the Church of the Epiphany is that about ten years ago, with some help from our neighbor, the um, I think it's a county park, we were able to plant four or five hundred grapevines, and so we run a vineyard. The hope, you know, we have members who who uh, help, and they get a couple bottles of wine each, and. The hope is that we have enough left over. We're still kind of figuring out how to make good altar wine. But- Ooh, that's a neighbor.
0: cool neighbor. Take that, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Locally sourced ah. communion wine. I love yeah. it. Wait, yeah, yeah. Good, good altar wine is sort of an oxymoron, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: this is episode 92 of Popping Collars, and our topic today is YouTube. So here's the deal. We tend to skew on the older side of pop culture around these parts. It's Can we just call it middle?
0: No, I mean we do. Why? It's
1: it's a hard truth. It's a hard
4: truth because we're not all watching Lawrence Welk.
1: Give me a break. Gen X. It's the Generation X heart that propels this podcast forward. That's That's true.
3: It's It's
1: responsible for all that old pop culture that we talk about. So um, it's good. So we gave (laughs) ourselves. We gave ourselves. At least I, anyway. I gave our (laughs) panel a challenge this past week, to watch four of what Entertainment Weekly calls the must-watch channels on YouTube right now, each of them boasting well over a million subscribers. Listen, I don't claim to be a YouTube expert, but I have to say I think I learned a lot from my experience, and I'm curious what my roundtable compatriots got out of this little experiment. So we're going to go around the horn and each report in on what we watched, and why we think so many other people watch it too. All right, a couple of things. One, I don't remember us referencing our old people's status this early in our podcast life, but there you are. Uh, Two, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we did an Around the Horn style episode where we each talk about an item from pop culture. I think we had such a good time doing it that we just made it the regular format for the show going forward. And Betsy, we're going to start with you. What did you watch? Go ahead and kick us off.
0: Okay, first off, I just want to say this is very much like the movie Saw, where Greg is just (laughs) rolling out assignments, (laughs) making us do stuff. So I was assigned Jenna Marbles. And Jenna, I believe she came on YouTube 2009, maybe earlier. Um. But she was kind of an early vlogger, like an early, and so she was doing kind of going for that kind of humorous, viral video. One of her first videos was about how to trick people to think you're good looking, and she is really she's she's, and I don't mean to I don't say this to disparage Jenna's appearance because she is she's beautiful. She's really good at makeup, and so like she'll she'll, (laughs) she'll the way like her with clean face and her with kind of with her made up face. Or sometimes you're like is that the same person like but nice. so she and she's funny and she's a little crass and so so these early videos like how to get somebody to stop talking to you who you don't want to come talk to you <laughs> um and it's and i'm watching the videos with kind of some of it with this you know post kind of me too mindset and realizing mm-hmm. that she was producing these videos years ago of of you know girls saying you know, guys don't come dance up behind me and think that this is going to be some sort of turn on for me because I am out here dancing with my friends, and I am so totally not interested in you. And this is how I am going to get rid of you. And it doesn't involve violence; it just involves being silly. You know, like she mm-hmm. makes this, she makes a silly face at the person. She's like, "Don't laugh, hold it." You know, I now use this all the time. People come to my door; I don't want them there. I just make this this face <laughs> at them and away. No yeah. um, but like, so she starts off kind of making these viral videos, and they start getting shared, and everybody starts getting into them. And then what the way it's morphed over time. You know, she's got like 18, how many subscribers? 18 million subscribers. And I mean, right. Like she's worth like four to $5 million, but she's, she's kind of now doing videos with her, with her boyfriend. Who's also a blogger and a podcaster. Uh, They they'll do funny, silly videos. They'll do earnest videos. You know, the day after the Trump election, she decided today was the day that she was going to throw a dog wedding for two of her dogs and because this is what the world needed and it was you know she's doing the costume she's measuring you know the whole thing and (laughs) i think why she why she's successful is like she reminded me of at least like three of my friends and someone is a great storyteller and they can make people laugh. And she's totally authentic. I have made them
2: dog treats on my channel in the past, but I really just wanted to make them a birthday cake. If I'm being 100% honest, it's a little difficult right now to be in any type of creative headspace in 2020. Honestly, it's just a little difficult to exist in 2020. So I hope you can understand that it's not a time for me to flourish creatively
5: you're a dormant flower
2: i'm a dormant flower in 2020 (laughs) and this is what i feel like doing so if you're not here for dog content this is the second dog video i've posted in a row i apologize but i also Don't apologize. Can you do both of these things at the same time? Can I accept your apology or no? You can do both. When you go to accept the apology, but then it's not there. (laughs) I looked up a bunch of dog cake recipes. We've made biscuits and treats and that kind of thing. They all call for some ingredients we don't have that are safe for dogs, like eggs and that kind of thing. I feel like what we should try to do is to bake a dog birthday cake using our collective baking knowledge. One of us is a chef. And fill it with ingredients that are technically safe for dogs. Might be disgusting together, but if you're a dog, you don't care. And see what happens. So, when you looked up these recipes for dog food, were there dog chefs? Guy Fee Harry or Re Drum Bone? Gordon, Gordon. Rams. Hey, come over here. <laughs> no, it's Gore Dog Rams. <laughs> gore Dog Rams. Wolf, Wolf- Game. Puck. <laughs>
1: So nice. it's just her life, though. Like, there's no hook to it. It's not like she's a nice. <clears throat> makeup artist or she is a whatever.
0: I mean, she'll she'll just do things to kind of be funny. Like, she's a person who I would imagine if you were, you, know, you would feel pretty connected to her because of yeah. how she talks about her life.
1: I mean, we've talked about on this podcast like several times this idea of sort of finding opportunities to be vulnerable and finding opportunities to be authentic. So just being a personal vlogger and letting people into your life 10 minutes at a time, you've got to be confessional, but you've, you've got to be engaging at the same time. I mean, it, it it really makes me think of like when people say the thing that they connect with at church is like good homilies or something like that. That's what it's making me think of Is this is this opportunity to be authentic, to be vulnerable, to be confessional, all in like a little seven minute chunk.
4: When I was growing up, uh the paper was always on the table uh at breakfast and so and there was always i was always drawn to the columns you know to the column- not just the op ed stuff but to the you know sort of culture columnists you know in the bay area um art hop and Cain. Um, heard Herb kane. Herb kane thank you mm-hmm. uh you know are great 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 examples john Carroll Adair lara different people like that and and they would sort of do some something similar they would reflect on a little moment in their life and expanded out into something that was universalizable generally they weren't you know generally they were making fun of themselves uh, like i can't believe i got myself into this but it was some way of and maybe this is just a you know a couple generations of media back was some way of of having this experience that that they could share that you could make a connection with and that you know people could follow people could sort of then take into their lives and chew on for a little while
1: I think the best way to approach this is just to give updates on these folks that we're talking about. In 2020, Jenna Marbles actually put out a video apologizing for early content on her channel. She addressed anti-Asian videos she produced uh, when she was just starting out and also said that she was sorry for shaming women for sexual behavior in her early videos. After these statements, Marbles announced an indefinite hiatus from the YouTube platform, a hiatus that continues until this day. Greg Brown, we will move to you next. Who were you assigned Ready. and what, what makes your channel interesting?
4: Oh, man, this is going to be a good one. Uh, it starts off. Uh, it starts off with a good, uh, confusing thing. Uh, so I was assigned uh, someone named Simone Yetch, but her last name is spelled G I E R T Z. She's Swedish, and so that last name pronunciation. I, I swear to God, I looked this up. I, I, you know, like she has a couple of different places where she, she pronounces her name for you. Four, three or four years ago, she got her start. She's an engineering type, although that's not what she studied. And she builds robots and tries to solve sort of silly real life problems. She's a, a, a robot that helps her wake up. That's just this rubber hand that spins around and slaps her in the face. So there's a little <laughs> bit of slapstick. <laughs> like Pee Wee's Playhouse or something. That's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Exactly. There's a little bit of slapstick. There's a little bit of, you know, absurd. She's a, she's a chopping machine that helps her chop dinner and, and like the food goes everywhere you know, the the beer pouring machine breaks the glass that the beer is supposed to go into and stuff like that. Her shtick is, is not that she builds robots. It's that she builds crappy robots. And so she actually tries to build the worst, you know, to solve the dumbest problem and just build the worst robot. Um, And very, very often she fails.
2: It seems like such a simple brief, make a coat hanger that folds. The simple designs are deceivingly complex, and after three years of work, here it is. We call it the Coat Hinger, and it's a completely new way of storing clothes. So if you have a shallow closet or any other space where you wanna hang clothes, but you can't fit a normal coat hanger, this one's for you.
0: So to use it, you just put on a clothing item and then you fold it and you hang it. How is this not already a thing? Like as soon as I had the idea, I was like, somebody must have already thought about this. And there are foldable coat hangers that fold to like fit in a suitcase, but none of them are meant to be hung folded with clothes on them, and none of them save space in this way. What version is this?
2: Oh, it's version 124.
0: This isn't even all of them.
4: She has a really great TED talk from uh, earlier this year, like maybe April. Where she talks about how she got started and what the idea was, and what you have to understand about her story, and, and you know she tells the story at a TED talk, so I, I think I can share it. Is that she started her life with a lot, a lot of performance anxiety, and so when she got motivated to really play around with creating things like robots, at first she was really locked down um and the thing that sort of unlocked her was was allowing herself to you know to to sort of flip the script to sort of say well i'm not going to build good robots i'm actually going to build crappy robots and that'll be fun and as soon as it's fun good ideas start to flow if you watch her ted talk and you're very perceptive you'll notice that um that she's a she's a very funny sort of swollen eyelid in a ted talk and unfortunately uh what's happened. And through her vlog, she's kind of confessed this. And this is where it goes back to what you were saying, Betsy, that uh, there's a confessional element. So uh, that swelling evidently came from a small tumor in her head, in her brain. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not kidding. Like camera and face, she talks about, you know, there's a 10 minute one where she talks about being diagnosed with brain cancer. There's a little one minute one, about 20 minutes before they take her for surgery. Um, and then there's another one that is not that old, probably from August, where she talked where she's it's her first post back from recovery from surgery, and she shows her scar and she talks about the process and stuff like that she 's in her mid twenties so this is a pretty scary moment you know to see her kind of share all that is really profound and to hear the stories of how different you know supporters send her packages and notes and visit her and stuff like that um in a way that's, for the most part, I think, not creepy. It's a pretty amazing journey. And, and I think it, it, uh, it, 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 it exemplifies another sort of back and forth of, here's. it's not just the voice reflecting out and who's listening. There's this very big community that has gathered around her, such that when you look up her name, um, her latest uh, one is she builds a tampon dispenser that's designed after a Pez machine. And so it's got the little... Uh-huh. like Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, which is great, right? In her videos, even the, not the ones that aren't about her health, she, she talks about sort of what's going on and, and stuff like that, and it's engaging. I think uh, an interesting question in my mind is, as we, uh, as we live with these people, will they continue to be, you know, to be that open? Will that just be a window in their life, or will we know their life for a long time? There's a
1: relationship. Mm-hmm. You kind of have with this media in a way that you don't with things like TV or movies. Like I don't have a relationship with Brad Pitt. Like, you know, I, I may well <laughs> like to think
2: that Ooh, I do, I, really yeah. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> but I don't really. Yeah. But like, there's something about YouTube. The fact that it's so like, it's such a user interface. I mean, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you find your 40. media, you find your hook. Here's this girl who's making cruddy robots yeah. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of people start following her, and you know, life still happens to her. It's a TV exactly. show to you, right? Yep. But it's her life
0: to ride it out in the midst of it. And there must be something about that that helps that illness not feel so lonely, because you right. feel like your body's betraying you, everything is leaving you, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe this st- maybe this solid continual piece will be these people, this community I built through well, my she- creativity.
1: And she has this mind of fixing things, right? This mind yeah. of like, making things and fixing things and engineering solutions. <laughs> and stuff, yeah. yeah. Simone Yetch appears to be like a Mark Rober type of creator. Lots of f- fun with engineering and science. Unfortunately, Yech reported in 2019 that her brain tumor had returned. She took viewers along on her journey through radiation treatment over the next year Yetch eventually started her own product design company called Yetch, spelled Y-E-T-C-H, phonetically spelling her last name. She also has admitted to leaning on self-deprecating humor in her early videos in order to beat online trolls to the punch. She says she's working on cutting this self-comedy out of her life and embracing the goodness of her creativity. Yetch is still making content, and you can find her on her YouTube channel.
3: I wonder if something you guys have been saying uh, clarifies a reason why this stuff doesn't really speak to me. You know, these people are these people are vloggers. You're going to hear about them. They've got thousands of episodes, and you can just see what happened in their day in 2012, April 1st or whatever. I don't want to be that consumed by anything, really. I guess it's a relationship, and maybe that's. Maybe I don't want relationships in my, you know, in my consumer culture stuff. Mm. My person was a gentleman named Louis Cole. He has two million subscribers, and the name of his vlog is Fun for Louis. And uh, he is 35 years old. He is from Surrey, England, and he has um, dreadlocks. In the about section of his uh, YouTube uh, vlog thingy, it pretty much sums it up. My name is Louis Louis Cole. I make a daily vlog of my life! Exclamation point. I enjoy traveling the world with friends, having fun and inspiring others, exclamation point. So basically, if you think about people on Facebook who post photos of their vacations and their trips and the things they bought and all these highlights that like if you stayed home and didn't get to do anything would like piss you off. He does that every single day of his life. So he travels to Cape Town He goes to Brussels, he flies in an airplane that he's never flown before.
6: Right, I've just arrived at the airport. I'm making a special vlog today. It's my first trip since we've had Neo. And I had a sad goodbye with Neo and Raya this morning, but I'm really excited. I'm gonna be going to Tenerife. I've been invited out there by Insta360 to try out their new underwater housing. And it's gonna be a whirlwind of a trip. I am running late too get my flight. Record time through security. It's quite funny, I'm flying EasyJet. easy jet. It's one of those airlines where they are constantly trying to find ways to like get more money out of you. So it's like, oh, you, you can take a very small backpack as luggage, but you can't take a like a normal carry on. So thankfully I'm used to packing light, but I made an extra effort packing super light for this trip. So um, yeah, very minimal luggage. Kind of feels liberating
3: basically he goes out and has adventures and but he's very genial that's the thing he's just easygoing and friendly a lot is happening but it's not anything of import
0: this now shows why you were talking about kind of it being every day like you would kind of experience somebody who is right the minutia of every day or what have you
3: right i mean so he's he's had a podcast or a vlog rather since 2011 And he's had almost 300 million views over those years. And I think the thing with him is, um, you know, I think he just wants to show people, look, life is an adventure. Let's go out and have fun. I'm going to bring you along with me. And I think with the appeal, one one of the things that's appealing about him is, you know, it's like hanging out with that adventuresome, creative buddy you never had. And you get to kind of take the trips with him. I actually, uh, he has a girlfriend now, I guess, and that was a, a thing somewhere in the in the vlog years. Her name is Raya, and uh, they're in Brussels uh, around Christmas time. And they're in that beautiful central square, and there's a light show, and there's a Christmas market, and it's almost like a travel log thing. They go to this chocolatier and they hear a little history about how long they've been making chocolate, and they give chocolates to the royal family. And they ride the Ferris wheel and everything. They're like, oh, how's the chocolate? Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> and oh, how is, the, how, how, is the, how is the Belgian waffle? Fantastic. <laughs> and how are the Belgian fries? They're delicious. I recommend them to anyone. So everything is amazing, fantastic, awesome, superb, and wonderful. And it gets old after a while. But he's Mm -hmm. so genial, you know, you can't Mm -hmm. really fault him.
1: Now, Ricardo is touching on something about this media that I think is is worth sort of uh, picking apart a little bit, which is that as great as it is getting to know people's stories, sometimes stories aren't interesting.
0: (laughs) I have have an antidote, an antidote.
3: Antidote, yeah. The I, it, I have and a
0: pure long and antidote, antidote to recommend.
3: Okay.
0: Maybe counteract mm. what's happening here. And it uh-huh. is a daily video. It's a minute long, Ricardo. Nice. It's called Nas Daily. And it's Nos done by rapper? a no, not Nas the rapper. <laughs> um but it is it is done by, it's a young man. He's, a, he's an Arab-Israeli travel blogger, right? And his name is Nusir uh, Yassen. And I found him. He was recommended to me on Facebook. So I was like, oh, well, let me check out his videos. you want to talk about inspirational uplifting, showing you parts of the world you never known, religious tolerance, which is super interesting. You know, some of his videos are really challenging and kind of like Arab-Israeli re- relations, all sorts of stuff. Mm. But then other things that are just awesome but they're a minute long and it's the best so I'm gonna I want to say maybe we check back in later but <laughs> or you leave a comment on this on this podcast Ricardo no, you, right you watch some Nas daily and then I think I think I think what this person you had to watch was trying to do maybe with some editing could be better but um, but I really I, I think this was one that I'm like when you started talking about I'm like is it and it was like no, it wasn't him. So, so I recommend Nas Daily. So anyway, there we go.
3: Nas so. Daily. Okay. Well, thank you. I I will. Um, it sounds more interesting. I I don't want to. I don't want to bash this guy too much because mm-hmm. he's just living his life and he wants people mm-hmm. to have fun. And you know, I think my guess is that, to answer the question of why do people like it. I think okay. they get to live vicariously through him. People care about him. And again, I am stunned that. All the comments, like 99.9% of the comments, are positive and happy and helpful and sweet and thankful.
1: Okay, so not much of an update here. Louis is still doing his thing, traveling the globe and reporting back on his channel. He's gotten married and had a kid since we last checked in, but that doesn't seem to have affected his content creation. It's incredible.
0: Greg, who's, right. Greg, who did who did you saw saw give yourself for this podcast? Was your person? I
1: was the assigned. I actually was not assigned a person. I was assigned oh. a team.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: um, so you- let me tell you. Let me tell you what what I feel like. Ninety nine percent of YouTube channels are devoted to video games.
0: Heck yeah! So
1: yeah. much video games on youtube i mean awesome it's ridiculous just even starting to watch my channel all of a sudden it's like oh you're watching this oh you'll love like and here come all the video game reviews and ratings and here's my opinion about Spider man and like i mean it's just like out of the woodwork constant um, so my channel was a channel called Extra Credits, which is an animated show. It's, it starts off as a gaming channel. So it's about video games and gaming. But their hook to sort of explaining video games is that they don't talk about the games themselves. Instead, they're kind of like a footnote show. They're kind of like a
5: show devoted to filling in the blanks of how games are made. Despite games being an absolute pressure cooker for interpersonal connection, self-reported gamer loneliness is hovering around 50%, which is way above the average adult loneliness figures. Meaning that young adults, for the first time since we started collecting these numbers, are actually the loneliest group in the world. But why and what can we do about it? Well, strangely, our reducing friction to play together, to access information about our favorite hobby, and even finding a game you want to play, seems like it actually ended up isolating us. Because think back, right? There was a time where we all gathered around the kid in school who had, say, the latest issue of Nintendo Power or something. Where you shared tips and tricks, talked about strategy, and plotted your next play session with your peers. With the people you actually knew, or at least could grow to know. Rather than watching content creators on YouTube, or, you know, looking up a guide on Fextra Life. There was a time that you had to set up a server or get a party together if you wanted to play your games. And to do so, you had to work with people, forming a small community as you went. Whereas today, many of us, myself included, more often than not, just slam that solo queue button. I mean, it's just easier, right? Couple that with the rise in toxicity, thanks for that, humans plus anonymity, and we have a powerful brew for isolating folks within our games, even the multiplayer ones, rather than having them help meet our social need. So So anyway, so the channel starts off as that. It's like, it's basically like, here's the behind
1: the scenes of video games that you never knew before. But it quickly becomes by working with video games and different video game developers, it becomes something else. So for instance, one of the video game developers wants to do a game, a video game about the Punic Wars in Rome. Wow. And so they end up, they, the video game company ends up giving the team at Extra Credits a bunch of money to produce videos that goes into the history of what started the first and second Punic Wars, what? and so they create, so they create videos, history videos that uh, that explain Roman history as a way of marketing okay. the video game <laughs> that these people were making.
4: I am in the so, wrong business. So
1: instead
5: what of a, is instead going
1: of a, on? So instead of a show about a video game, it's actually a show about history. They just did an eight-week series called extra politics that goes into game theory as played out in the American political system. And as far as I'm concerned, it's like required viewing to understand like the headlines that are in the news right now, because it's all about winning and losing and how you're going to spend your points in order to maximize benefit and reduce cost. And everything that happens in politics is all built around this whole gaming theory system. And it's not about issues, and it's not about people. It's about winning and losing the game. Finally, not much of an update here either. Extra Credits is still going strong with their main gaming channel constantly updating, as well as the various spinoffs, Extra History, Extra Mythology, and Extra Politics. My YouTube algorithm is still jacked up from watching these videos, though also I don't spend any of my time thinking about the Roman Empire so so uh quickly, just to wrap up youtube what do you think i mean do you think it's a do you think it's a medium that connects or has the potential to make connections I think that what what these shows have in common is that When everybody's jumping in, everybody's bringing their own points of view to this. Some of them are inspirational. Some of them are, you know, start as one thing and become something else. Some of them are kind of surface and shallow and vapid. And some of them are really good information uh, to have. And that's kind of, I think, what, what they all have in common is that they're all sort of sharing human experience from different places, different points of view.
0: I love stories and I'm in love with humanity and Mm -hmm. I want to know kind of how we're talking about ourselves. What is, it is now, what it is now the voices around the campfire, you know, as I taught the Genesis story today and let's talk about how we, how we're made and why we're here and what we're up to. It's asking the same questions for me and trying to answer them just in a different medium.
2: Hold my breath, count to ten All I want is to keep calling out to me again One can only hope and dream I have waited so long I am failing to see what you mean to me
1: Okay, so uh, we have one last little section, which is called our, our staff pick, uh, oh. where one of us recommends an item from the pop culture uh, for the
3: rest of us as a group. And Ricardo has our staff pick today. Ricardo, what is your staff pick? My staff pick is another podcast. and we've been podcast-heavy on our staff picks, but it's called You Must Remember This. And it mm. is a woman in L.A. named Karina Longworth and she has a love of all things Hollywood, and it's a podcast that looks back on the first 100 years of Hollywood.
2: Today, we will finally tackle one of the most infamous stories from Hollywood's first decades, that of Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle, the biggest, no pun intended, comic film star of the 19-teens. Arbuckle's story is intertwined... With the story of Virginia Rappe, a fashion designer and actress who died after attending a party in Arbuckle's hotel room over Labor Day weekend, nineteen twenty-one.
3: Here are it's sort of a it's an it's an intelligent gossip, <laughs> basically <laughs> uh, podcast about movie stars, and so but it's really interesting because she puts the stories in their historical context. Their Hollywood context. And so we we've I've learned about Judy Garland and Betty Davis. And, you know, gay man already knew that, but <laughs> you know, also they'll
0: take your card. They'll take your
3: card. <laughs> <laughs> no, I we we learned that in 101. But um uh but you know, all these movie stars and how they fit in and the studio system, and then she'll do a whole series of episodes like there's the MGM years. And you learn about Louis B. Mayer and Irving Thalberg and their and their love-hate relationship and all the people who were made stars, you know, uh, Catherine Hepburn, and their tragic stories. Oh, my God. Everybody in Hollywood was drunk, having affairs, mm-hmm. getting divorced, and having car accidents like every other day. And it's tragic because these people, you know, they, you, you learn their story as re- regular people. They become famous and... All these bad things happen. Right now I'm on a series called The Blacklist and so we're learning about people like Dalton Trumbo and all of that. So it's historical, but it's also Hollywood and entertainment and you get so many ideas for movies to watch that you've never heard of or like oh my god I want to see William Wyler's Is I just think William Wyler the director of his movies cuz he's got these movies I never knew. And so I highly recommend you must remember this podcast. Right. Yes.
0: yes. Nice. It's a, you, it's a great one. Excellent. Hey. Thumbs up.
1: All right. Okay. I have a confession to make. I totally appreciate the content of you must remember this, but I struggle listening to it. I'm positive that others say this about me on this pod as well. I get it. This is a please like what you like situation, but everything's not for everybody. you can find Popping Collars on the web at poppingcollarspodcast.com you can find us on all the social media platforms just type in Popping Collars in the search bar and of course you can get our podcast wherever you get your podcasts our podcast is available wherever podcasts are available don't forget if you would like to support the show financially and get some sweet merchandise at the same time you can buy one of our t-shirts just go to slash t-shirts Pick up one of those. And finally, you can find our show and lots of wonderful Episcopal podcasts on EpiscopalCafe.com. We love EpiscopalCafe.com. We know you will as well. Check them out for all your Episcopal news, needs, and beyond. And with that, that is popping colors for this time. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Greg, for coming on the show. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys.
0: And before I do the sign-offs... Oh. I will be at TheoCon this weekend oh. over at Virginia Theological Seminary. Wow, doing the final talkback segment, repping pop and collars. Nice. And I will also be emceeing, I believe, the cosplay fashion show part, wow. which makes me the most wow. excited. I don't <laughs> even know what is going to happen. So,
4: Excellent.
0: in nice. light of that, keep those collars popped.
1: Nice. Ah, ah, nice. Bob. And good luck to all the beheaded John the Baptist cosplayers Listen. out there.
0: <laughs> I am hoping, <laughs> you know, shout out to my fellow chaplain out there, Josh, that someone will be a little John the Baptist. That's wow. One. Nice.
4: It'd be the best. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty good with the content of this episode. I feel like we got a good cross-section of the various forms of YouTube content. It sounds like I was six pots of coffee in when I edited this thing, though. I wish I had the raw audio so that I could give that final cut another pass. Uh, Maybe I wouldn't edit it so that I ask and answer my own questions at the end. Anyway, this is podcasting. What are you going to do? Thanks for taking this trip down memory lane. Speaking of YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to your local Episcopal Church feed so that your priests don't feel bad when they upload their sermons and only get 10 views. You know, that's just a shot to the old ego there for them. So, you know, do your part. We'll see you next time.